Hey everyone, I'm Preston Lee. And I'm Clay Mosley. And this is Freelance to Founder. Every week, we sit down with freelancers like you for actionable coaching calls with one mission. To help you ditch the feast-famine lifestyle and build your own sustainable business. At one point, we were both brand new freelancers, barely making ends meet. But by now, we've started, grown, and even sold a few businesses of our own. And we want to help you do the same. If you're ready to go from freelance to founder, then join the army of freelancers who are taking matters into their own hands. Visit freelancetofounder.com to apply for your own on-air coaching call. And now, get ready to take some notes because an all-new episode of Freelance to Founder starts right now. On today's episode, we chat with Brady, who's building a nice web design agency from his home in northern Idaho, USA. Brady has already built up a small team of contractors and aims to get the business running almost on autopilot in the next 6 to 12 months. But he's got a bit of a sales problem. After drafting a proposal and getting on a call with a client, too many people are just saying no. So today's episode becomes a masterclass on selling your services without ever drafting up a proposal, which Clay and I believe are a massive waste of time and effort. Stay tuned to hear what we recommend you do instead, the method that gets us a 90% close rate with new clients. It's going to be a lot of fun. Whether you want to travel more or communicate better with international clients, you need to try Babbel. I've used Babbel's courses and you can do the same in order to learn real-life conversation skills in a different language, order food, ask for directions, or speak to clients without having to use translation apps. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription. This is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash freelance. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash freelance, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash freelance. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. I'm joined, as always, by my friend Clay Mosley, calling in from Texas today. How are you, Clay? Good. How are you doing? Good, man. It's been a couple weeks since we've talked, so it's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, yeah. Ready to go. Yeah, here we go. And on the line with us today for his coaching call is Brady calling in from Idaho, way up north and not in a town he could actually tell us about. So uh, off the grid as much as possible. That's exciting. We're, We're happy to have you on the show today, Brady. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm super stoked to be on here. It's just, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool when you uh, get to meet your, some of your podcast heroes. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you flatter us. My goodness, we're excited to have you. You know, without without people calling in for coaching calls, we wouldn't have much to talk about, or at least much interesting to talk about. So, thanks for for uh, signing up. By, by the way, you know, I usually plug this a little later in the show, but if you want to get a coaching call like Brady is going to get today. Uh, you can visit freelance2founder.com. There's a little microphone icon. You just click it, fill out a quick survey, and then we can get you on the show if you're a good fit. We'll give you our best advice for growing your freelance business. You know, people tend to like our advice. We hear back all the time that it helps them grow their business. And it's fun for us to just uh, chat on a free coaching call. So if you're interested in that, visit freelance2founder.com. We're going to get started today learning about Brady's business. Brady, tell us just a little bit about what you're working on, what kind of clients you have, what kind of work you do. Just tell us about your business for a few minutes. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, So Invicta Enterprises is a custom website design agency, really specialized in ground-up builds as well as uh, redesigns, Uh, more in the service-based businesses uh, niche. I try not to get into e-commerce too much. Um, We can do it, but it just always seems to be a bit messier. So uh, yeah, I really focus on the the service-based businesses, kind of in the medium-sized range. I find those people usually have enough of a budget where they can uh, actually afford a, a decent website, but 
not too many people making decisions. I think that's when you get to bigger size businesses, that seems to be an issue that I've had uh, too many yeah. people in, in the kitchen, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've been uh, been doing website design more on the full-time side for about the last year. Uh, has uh, really been growing a lot too. Before that, I was just uh, mainly doing copywriting and the odd website here and there kind of for friends and that sort of thing. And then I kind of started to realize, wow, this whole website thing is actually better than copywriting. So I uh, kind of jumped into that. So I still offer copywriting and still have a couple SEO agency clients that I do copywriting for, or I have a team that does that for. So yeah, it's been awesome over the last year or so, kind of building up the team around me. So once I got into the web website design, I uh, really started, I brought on a few writers. I've got people that I've had freelancing for me basically for the last two years or so. So a good relationship with some strong content creators. And then last summer, um, I actually hired on a VA, which was life-changing <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. Um, and then uh, late summer, I brought on uh, a designer. So um, in most of most most everything, I've got a couple like legacy projects that I'm still like wrapping up from when I was really full time on on everything. But um, all new clients, um, I really don't have to handle any admin stuff. Um, I've got my design team; it's just one guy right now. But and then I have a logo designer too that works with me. So um, yeah, it's a it's, wow. a, it's a nice team. Uh, I've I've really been trying to. Yeah, I've really been trying to focus on systems, processes. Um, I've got some SOP documents that are pretty um, filled out. And uh, I try and get my team to work off of those. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we are at right now. Uh, kind of that team of about six of us. Um, it's all contractors. Um, you know, we use Slack to communicate and then I've got um, a, a decent little CRM kind of set up, uh, cobbled together with... Uh, uh, click up and then some zappier stuff with with emails and that type of thing. So uh, it works pretty good. And then my um, yeah. So <laughs> I think, uh, does nice. that kind of answer the question there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it sounds like you got a nice uh, setup. Yeah, yeah. It it runs along pretty good. I I actually um, I work for a, a nonprofit too, and um, they needed me down in in Colorado Springs, which is my brother actually lived there too. So I was like down there. And I was like, well, okay, I'll go visit my brother while I'm here. So it was like five days where I really wasn't able to do much um, just because I was you know, busy with all the other stuff. So it was, it was really nice to kind of have the systems and processes in place and just feel comfortable that my business yeah. wasn't going to fall apart while I was gone. So are you doing this on the side or full-time then? It sounds like you're also working somewhere else or, or what's the setup there? Uh, yeah, so I'm just kind of a... Uh, I don't know, webmaster for this nonprofit. And then I, I do, okay. I help them with some, a, f- a few customer service things. That's a, like a salaried thing. So I'm usually putting like two to four hours in a week uh, for the nonprofit. Um, and then uh, the website design is full time. It's full time. Cool. Well, congrats. Cool. It sounds like you've got a, a nice business running there. And, and all, all contractors, it sounds like. Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's really interesting because you're running like a service model very similar to what Clay built uh, with what we call like W-2 yep. employees or full-time employees or whatever, like benefits and all that. But you're using kind of the hiring structure that I like to use, which is hiring contractors. So it'll be fun to, it'll be fun to dive in uh, to your business here. You know, listeners of the show know that uh, everybody who comes on the show, including Brady today, uh, fills out that questionnaire I referred to earlier. And part of the questionnaire asks 
on a scale of one to 10, one being a freelancer, 10 being a founder, where do you find yourself today? And then where do you hope to be in the next six or 12 months? So we asked Brady that. Brady, you said you're currently at a six. Uh, you know, I don't disagree. I think you've got a nice business chugging along. You've got a solid team. Um, there's a lot of good happening. Like you're, you, in many ways, are already an agency. So you said in six to 12 months, though, you want to be at a 10. You want to be like full-fledged founder of a company, running a company. Tell us, tell us what that looks like. In, in six or 12 months, what does the perfect you know, scenario look like for your company, Brady? Yeah, um, I, I think in six to twelve months, like a, a ten to me, it looks like probably putting in you know less than five hours a week. So you know, call it an hour a day. Oh, um, yeah. I think that would be kind of kind of the the goal. There is really no touch from from me. Maybe just you know, kind of directing a few things or and that sort of thing. So uh, to that end, I've kind of been putting together an SOP for me because <laughs> I've got. Um, you know, I, I kind of manage some of the higher level stuff of the projects. I'm pretty much the main contact uh, for a lot of clients. Not well, I guess I have my designer talk to them and my um, uh, my VA as well. But um, you know, I'm still the only salesperson and that sort of thing. So um, in in 12 months, I'd really like to be at that point where I'm not uh, doing all the sales, where mm-hmm. I'm not really you know the the client may interact with me a little bit or kind of knows that I'm in the agency or whatever, but they're not um, like calling me or or texting me or emailing me that it's going through other people first, um, which some of the communication does already, but it's still, you know, I get a lot of contacts. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the, the sales thing is, is one of the biggest things I, that I'm, I'm the point of contact, you know, when somebody wants to come in and, and get on. So getting rid of that off my plate and then just some of the project management um, would be ideal. So what would you do with your uh, time? I'm just curious. If you in this perfect scenario where you're only putting in what five hours a week, yeah, is that what you said? That that so would what, be the goal. Yeah. What would you? I'm just curious. What would you do with your uh, the rest of your time? Oh, you know, my ties on the beach. <laughs> okay, um, so you want the dream that everybody yeah, else wants? No, no, I mean, I do, I do. <laughs> I, I definitely, I want that flexibility. But I'm, I'm the type of guy I love working. I mean, like I guess I work for the nonprofit. I've got the agency. I have two podcasts that I do. I narrate audiobooks. So I mean, and uh, my wife and I just had our first kid. So I mean, there's, there's plenty to do. Um, but I, I have other business ideas, um, things that I'm more, more passionate about than web design, um, especially around. Okay, there we go. Yeah, just especially around like getting your life back. Because <laughs> I've just, I interact with a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people, you know, in different industries, but they're all having the same problem. It's like I, I got into the entrepreneurship to, you know, get some freedom. And now I'm working 16 hour days and I haven't seen my wife in a week. And to me, that's just, I was definitely in that space here, like probably early last summer. Um, I was definitely in that space of just working nonstop harder and harder and didn't feel like I was. Um, you know, living life at all, even though I had this entrepreneurial gig that I was had some quote unquote freedom. So uh, it, once I kind of get away from the agency side of things and, and have that more on the autopilot side of things, um, I definitely wanted to get into that a little bit. I don't know if that is coaching or just putting out another podcast or what that looks like, but I, I could see something like that happening for sure. Yeah. You know, we don't hear that a lot from people. I think it's an admirable thing, you know, to to shoot for is like this idea of a business that kind of runs itself on autopilot. Um, if you can do it, if you can do it that well, that quickly, like kudos to you, that that shows that you really have got it figured out in terms of building systems. And it, and it sounds like you do uh, know a lot about that. And you can handle a lot of that. Um, there's, you know, I'm, I'm, 
Clay and I are maybe on also different ends of the spectrum, not only on like the the way we hire and manage a team, but also like the way we, uh, the kind of hours we put in. Like Clay works way harder than I do <laughs> and not in a good or bad way. <laughs> he just is like a harder worker than I am. I'm lazy and I, I try to like outsource and defer things and like just do, you know, what I got to do to... I'm, I'm... <laughs> Let me clarify. I'm lazy too, just when it comes to certain things, right? <laughs> like, I, but other things, I I'm very extreme hard worker. <laughs> no, Clay is an extremely hard worker. Um, I, I guess I guess uh, here's my question about a business that like runs on autopilot or runs on you know f- five hours or six hours a week. Does that mm-hmm. business in your mind, Brady? Is it is it growing? Is it um, just like? spinning off enough cash for you to live month to month and then you can do other things? Is it like, what, what, what does the business look like when you're only putting in five or six hours? Because it is hard, I'm not going to lie, hard for me to imagine a business that's growing when its founders only putting in five or six hours a week. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. And I think sometimes I have uh, pretty wild ambitions. So, <laughs> Well, no, um, I, but, I think uh, it's fine. It's just... <laughs> It's. I'm just trying to like map out what it could what it could potentially look yeah. like. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a it's perfectly fine ambition. You know. Yeah. Well, um, I guess the way I'm looking at it is eventually bringing on somebody who could you know replace um, a lot of what I do, and a lot of what I do is is growing the business. So um, the way, and I think this was one of the things in the questions that you guys asked was about. Um, you know, the things I'm I'm looking for help with. One is just getting higher quality leads. Because yeah. um, right now, uh, a lot of the leads that come in, you know, they're they're not uh, not <laughs> don't have the budget. Put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's part of it is bringing. If I can have uh, a lead stream that's high quality leads that are bringing in, you know, a, a ten thousand dollar website would be incredible. <laughs> um, so that sort of thing, it just it reduces the amount of work you have to do. You know, obviously to to get more. Uh, revenue. And then the other thing, um, and this is something I've been really trying to learn as much as I can about is, is on the recurring revenue side. Um, so that's the kind of the two things I look at is like, okay, if I can in- improve the quality of leads that I'm getting, like have a stream of, of leads that's, that's really high quality and bringing in really good jobs. Uh, and then on the other side, I have more of a um, uh, some an offering that's recurring revenue from for like a, a website as a service or something like that for the lower quality leads. Um, I see those two things as as being way very scalable. I guess is what yeah. it boils down to. So then when yeah. when I'm ready to step out, we've got you know this recurring revenue from uh, the the low dollar leads and then hopefully from the high dollar leads too. Um, but so less full on website designs for more money. Uh, while having the recurring revenue from from the people that that can't afford the the fully custom site, yeah, I, I think that model makes complete sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Clay, I'd be interested to hear your take. This sounds like to me, you know, Brady, based on your questionnaire, based on what you just said, this sounds like we start maybe talking first about sales. Like this is maybe a sales and lead gen issue. What what questions can Clay and I answer about sales? Um, I'd love Clay to to kick us off, but Brady, what questions specifically do you think we can answer first about about sales in your business? Yeah, on sales, I, I guess one of the biggest things I just started using Quiller. I don't know if if you guys are familiar with that, but it's kind of like um, it's like BetterProposals.com, uh, com, um, but I, I think it's a lot nicer <laughs> than than uh, Better Proposals, and it has um, it basically allows you to create a, a static web page. 
um, that you can put pictures and videos and all kinds of stuff. It's really slick. Um, but basically, then you can uh, just send somebody a link to a proposal. And I, I when I get a sales call uh, scheduled, um, you know, I hopefully by that time I've had enough information from the person. I use questionnaires and intake forms to get all the information. Then I create the proposal in Quiller. Um, and then we send them a link when I get on the sales call with them. And then we start going over the the, um, the proposal on the call. And I feel like I lose people so quick. And I mm-hmm. try to make it just as as straightforward and like uh, you know not a lot of not a lot of stuff. But I don't know when you, when you offer. I don't know. I want I want to have like upsells in there, but I feel like that um, that overwhelms people. So maybe I'm I'm jumping into the upsell too fast or. Um, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it just feels like I lose them real quick when I get on a sales call. And then so it's funny though. Um, like some people get super overwhelmed and then other people just go silent cause they're just reading everything. And <laughs> I've done, I've, uh, um, I can't remember who it was, but I came across, there's a book that's about like the four sales archetypes. I know everybody has their own uh, version of this, but it has like the, the, um, what are they? The the driver, the expressive, the amiable, and the analytical. And so, like, if I can figure out what what their um, archetype is there, then I can kind of um, you know move things around in that regard. But um, yeah, that that seems to be one of the biggest issues. They get on the proposal and then they just get overwhelmed um, with all the options because I want to give enough details where they can make a decision, um, but I don't want to provide too many details that they get overwhelmed. So I'm just having a really hard time figuring out that balance and then how do I go over that with them? Yeah. Yeah. I, I find it interesting. Um, I, I, I <laughs> Preston knows this and we've talked about this on previous episodes. I don't understand the, uh, the whole hype around proposals. <laughs> yeah. I, I, let me just tell you, Brady, the, <laughs> your exact agency model that you described at the beginning of this episode is exactly what I did, same target market, same everything. I do. I provide to service providers, just like medium-sized businesses, like small to medium. I don't. I don't. I never took on the really large brands. Um, everything you're describing is exactly what I did. Um, so, for years, I have never ever done a proposal. Oh. And I sold the shit. Well, I, I don't know if I can cuss on this. Of course you can. Um, I sold- of course you can. This is your show. <laughs> I mean, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> so I sold the shit out of some websites, man. I sold a lot of websites um, without doing a proposal. So I, I, I don't know if this is like a, a, a mental block or something. Um, where mm. like, I, and I, I run across this a lot where people are like, I. People think in their mind if they don't have a really nice proposal that they cannot sell this project. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I, it's just a tool. Like a proposal yeah. is just a tool. If it helps you sell it, great. But it sounds like it's not. It sounds like it's a bottleneck for you. Yeah. It sounds mm. like it's creating overwhelm, which equals confusion. And anytime there is confusion, you lost them. That's Definitely. it. Forget about it. You're not going to sell it to them. Yeah. And so. I, I never went into, and I don't know what you include in your proposal, okay? But in my, from my experience, the less details, the better, unless they <laughs> ask. Okay. I mean, honestly, yeah, because like every detail is really like a simple. chance for them to say, "Oh, that's not what I wanted," or like, yeah, every little detail is a chance for them to nitpick, 
So, so Clay, like we spend a lot of time, <laughs> which by the way, I love when you get passionate about proposals or anything because you start redlining on your audio. It's like the best <laughs> thing ever. Oh, my bad. But uh, no, 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 no. It's fun because I'm just like, oh, he's fired up. I think we spend a lot of time on this show saying like, ah, proposals suck. They're not worth your time. They're not going to work or, or, or whatever. And I agree with you. Like I, I've done the proposal thing and you spend so much time on a proposal. And then like you were saying, Brady, a client is out like in the first 10 minutes of your call. And it's like, well, why did I draft up this 10 page proposal, you know, that took me three days to do Also, you could tell me in the first uh, 10 minutes of the call, but I guess clay, like if, if he's not doing proposals, maybe walk him through what the sales process could look like without a sales or without a proposal. You know, working from home is mostly great, but there are some days when I realize I haven't left my house or even my chair like all day. Have you been there? Getting outside to exercise or making a trip to the gym are just harder now that my office is just a flight of stairs away. If you're stuck in the same rut as me, then you should try Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W. With the Hydro rower and 20 minutes a day, getting a full body workout is so much easier. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane effective home workout. That's because Hydro pairs the effectiveness of rowing with the power of technology to connect you with over 5,000 video trainings, classes, and workouts. And get ready to get out from behind your home desk because after a few months of daily rowing with Hydro, your partner's gonna wanna take you out for a night on the town to show you off. This spring, join the growing rowing community at Hydro. Head over to hydro.com and use code FREELANCE to save up to $400 off your Hydro. That's H-Y-D-R-O-W.com and promo code FREELANCE to save $400. Hydro.com, promo code FREELANCE, or just click the link in our show description. Have you ever noticed that many of the problems people call in with on this show can be solved by hiring someone? Sometimes you need a full-fledged team, other times maybe just a simple assistant or an expert in something you're not great at. Whatever your reason for hiring, we recommend you take a look at LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. As you may know already, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals you can't find anywhere else. And LinkedIn Jobs makes the process of finding the perfect teammate easy and intuitive. Hiring is always easy when you have access to so many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when using LinkedIn Jobs. I've used it myself, and it was so simple. In fact, I've made multiple hires using LinkedIn Jobs, and did I mention, by the way, it's free to business owners like me and you. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash freelance. That's linkedin.com slash freelance to post your job for free or click the link in our show description. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, for sure. Like, Okay, let me just tell you, clients... They buy from the person, from you, Brady, or whoever it is that's going to be on your team. They buy from you. They don't buy from the proposal. And so as long as they like you and what you are saying to them and they like you as a person, um, they're going to be sold regardless of a proposal. So let me just walk you through, and I still do it to this day, how I go through it. Um, and this is going to be perfect for you, I think, because you deal with the same target audience as I do. Um, and I basically get on the phone or on a Zoom or in person, whatever, wh- whatever you're doing these days. And I, we go through, you know, hey, uh, what's going on with your website? You know, uh, like, what are your frustrations? What, what are your goals? And we go through all of that. 
And then really the only, there's only three talking points that I have. Uh, one is I talk, I talk about um, like what are the benefits of working with me? And so like for me, my, my shtick is I'm a marketer who happens to know how to code websites. So there, therefore, my websites convert. They convert traffic into actual clients. Um, yours could easily be, hey, we, I, we know how to do copywriting, so we can write all the copy for you on a website, which let me just tell you is a huge advantage if you're not taking advantage of that um, yeah. as a web professional. Um, the second point is, how much is it going to cost? Which that actually, actually, let me, that's the third point. The second point is the timeline. How is the process going to work? And I'm very, very simple with that. I'm like, mock-up, demo, launch. That's it. Um, hmm. And then the third point is how much does it cost? And that's it. Like, that is legit how my conversations go. And I sell, I sell it to them about 90% of the time. Wow. And so all, any other details in there, I don't upsell, by the way. I, okay. I don't upsell right on... Because I know you, you made that... Uh, you mentioned that with like with inside inside your proposals. In my opinion, you don't upsell until you actually launch the website and they're happy with the process. They're happy mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. with working with you, and the trust level is even higher yeah. after you launch the website. And then you wait about thirty to sixty days or whatever after the website's launched, and then you can go for an upsell if you want. Mm. Like that's to me that to me that's where you upsell it. I had the same thought when you mentioned your upselling, like, yes, you know, increasing your order value or whatever can be important. But when you're when you're going through a proposal or when you're on a sales call, like there's a lot of pressure, I think. And so if you keep saying like, and we can add this and we can add this, uh, you know, I, that could be leading to the overwhelm that could be part of the the overwhelming feeling yeah. they're getting is like, well, I don't know. I haven't had time to look into that or research that, or I don't even know if I need that. Or, you know, they start to feel overwhelmed and then they just kind of shut down and they decide that they don't want to talk about it anymore. So I, I would okay. save the upsell. Even, you know, you, you could do what Clay's saying 30 to 60 days after. There are some upsells that maybe you could do like during the process. Like, you know, if, if you're working on the site and all of a sudden they, they go, well, these look like stock photos and we thought we were going to have more custom imagery on our site. Then you go, yeah, yeah no sweat. Buying I can hire things. a photographer and, and um, you know, we can get some custom images for you. It'll be this much extra. Like there are things along the way I think you could add on. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think those, the upsell, when especially when the trust isn't there, when they're just first getting your vibes or whatever, it could come across almost as like you're trying to cheat them out of money or trick them or... I don't know. It comes across to me at yeah. least a little bit uh, heavy-handed in terms of you know trying to grab. Yeah, money. you um, know it's so. Whenever I had I had my agency, um, I always had a couple of people on my team who were always uh, surprised on the fact that I never prepared for my sales meetings ever. <laughs> and so, what does that what like? What does that mean? Like. It, that means like, and I've seen a typical salesperson um, in this industry. Like, what they'll do is they'll be like, "Hey, I got a sales meeting," um, and they might be looking at selling a website. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to go and do a bunch of research about SEO, how many how many keywords, and how many people are searching this uh, in like for their business, and and they're not going in for an SEO pitch, but they're getting ready to, right? Yeah. And, and my thing is, is that I never did that ever. 
And the reason is because, and this might just be because, uh, this might be like, maybe the solution is maybe you go to like some sort of sales training or conference or something. Um, but what I did was I went into it not knowing what I was really going to pitch. I, I have an idea of like what what the what the prospect wants to talk about. So website, obviously. But I I don't know what I'm going to pitch until I have that conversation with the prospect. So at the very beginning of the meeting, all I do is ask questions. That's it. I just ask questions. I'm like, okay, well, what's going on with your business? What are your frustrations? Where are your black holes or your bottlenecks in your business? What what are uh, some things that you're struggling with? And based off that, then I make pitches. And so it could be just a website. Or uh, what, what has happened to me a lot is the person will... Um, I, I, they want to talk about a website, or at least that's what they've kind of hinted to me about it before we actually start the meeting. But the fact is, is that their website was fine. Like they were actually okay with the website, but they needed marketing help. And just based off me, I found that out based off me asking questions. So I'm not going to go pitch them a website if they're actually happy with it. Like it makes zero sense to do that. Yeah. And so, and 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 I I've actually had really good experience by by actually telling the prospect that be like, hey, I could totally pitch you a website right now because I know that's what you mentioned. But in my opinion, you don't need a website. You need this. And Prospects will one hunt that trust factor trust goes fa- up yeah. through the yes. roof, um, and then bam! It doesn't matter what you pitch at that point; they're gonna buy it. Okay, oh, I love that. That is super helpful. Taking some notes here. Um, I guess one thing on like going. Okay, here's here's the benefits of working with us. You know, copywriting, whatever. Here's our timeline. How our process work. And here's the cost. Do you want the website or no? Um, so I guess what's your next step from there? Because what I I really tried to do with my proposal is be super detailed so that my scope of work is so clear, crystal clear that when they're like, hey, can you do this or can you do this? It's like, no, it's not in the scope of work, but I'm happy to do it for you. Here's mm-hmm. my hourly rate. Uh, let me know if that sounds good, uh, which has saved me a lot. So uh, I yeah. guess, h- how, do you, how do you nail down the scope of work so you're not getting you know, nickel and dimed for, well, we don't have an agreement. So how do I know yeah. what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? Well, there's a difference between a proposal and agreement. I have yeah, an agreement, uh, 100%. Yeah. And that's where, I, that's where I include all of that stuff. So like whenever I make a pitch, I pitch it to them and I'd say, hey, hey here's how much it is. Mm. And then if they agree to it, then that's where I actually draw up a formal agreement that they sign and that's where it listed there. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't okay, know, Preston, so I, is, yeah, that, I, is that I, what yes, you do? I, no, I agree 100%. Like, I, I think I see what's happening now. Um. I think you're, 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 if, if, if so far, like if I had to identify the issue, it all comes back to like too much detail too early on. <laughs> like, like, uh, when you make a pitch, it's about like getting a handshake deal, at least for me, it's about getting like a handshake gentleman's agreement, uh, where, you know, you're going to do business together. They don't have to sign anything right away, whatever. It's like, it's like, yeah, we're going to hire you. And then you say, great, I'll send over the paperwork, uh, with the agreement details. If there's anything on there, let me know. But uh, otherwise, you know, we'll get started. So, so like that can come later. It doesn't have to all happen during the the selling phase. I think you're maybe okay. getting too far into the weeds during the selling phase, which is kind of turning people off. 
um, when selling should be all about like getting them excited about the results you're going to bring them and how awesome their website's going to be when you're done working together, how fun it's going to be to work together. Like that's the selling process. The other stuff is like business admin, legal work, you know, scope is all kind of tied up in that. So I agree with Clay. I think, okay. I think, uh, I think it's maybe you break those out a little bit more. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 It's, it's the, it's the difference yeah, exactly. between, so there's the yeah, selling the moment and then there's the, the sales. Yeah. Nice. I think we have a delay in our audio. <laughs> we for sure do. Our press Sorry. is just being rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here, here, I want you to think about this, uh, Brady. So at the beginning of this episode, you mentioned that you don't like to work with bigger brands because there's a lot of too many people in the kitchen or a lot of red tape to cut through, right? Yeah. Um, think about it, like flip-flop it around and think about it from the prospect's perspective, right? How how many hurdles do they have to jump through for them to say yes? And mm. it, if 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 you have a long proposal for them to read, to me that's a lot. That's another hurdle. So in my, in the sales process, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what you're selling. To me, you remove everything that stands in the way, all the friction that stands in the way of them getting to say yes. Okay. Now that's not to say that. Like, you know, I, I think you include all the minimal stuff for them to just, to say yes. But, you know, if they ask the questions, then you answer the questions. Yeah. Um, and so to me, it's, it, it's, it's a lot of friction for them to say yes. Yeah. And so just, no, that, just remove it. 100%. I love that. I can't wait to get on a sales call now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Sales is fun whenever you uh, when when you can when you get a lot of sales coming in, right? It's like yeah, it's, it's a high. It's a high. Yeah, yeah. when it works. Okay. So I guess, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and this is maybe just my analytical side thinking too hard, but um, uh, with like Quiller and being able to lay things out, do you think uh, it would be good just so because a lot of times it's on a phone call, so if there's nothing for them to look at, I don't know how engaged they are. So if I was able to send them a link to a Quiller proposal, quote unquote, they would lay out um, like the benefits of working with us. Here's a timeline. Here's the cost, um, just so they can see it all in, in one spot. Do you think that would be helpful, or do you think that is, is uh, bordering I, on the over, think, overwhelmed too? Yeah, I actually think if you send them a proposal, even if it's like a Quiller or whatever, if it's super simplified, I mean. If if you find people asking for that, then maybe you start delivering that. But if you if you send that, I actually think they'll be less engaged on the phone because they'll be scrolling through and trying Agreed. to read and listen at the same time. And it's like if if it's just you on the phone or get on a Zoom call so they can see your face. Uh, but if yeah. it's just you, then they have to pay attention to you and what you're saying, right? And uh, whereas if they have a proposal in front of them, they have an excuse to kind of zone out or nitpick little things or get caught up in whatever and. Yeah, I, I just think you have probably more attention without a proposal, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, agree I was with probably that. just trying to justify the fact that I paid money for Quiller, so <laughs> got you'll, a year's you'll worth of Cut it. your losses. <laughs> yeah, cut your losses, and and you'll make more money by not using it. I mean, like, you have to you have to think about it like this: like people want to do business with people they would actually be like, be friends with, right? And I don't know about you, but I would never be friends with anybody who's going to uh, pitch me a slide deck of, hey, guys, this is going to be our uh, our game night for tonight. And let me show you the slide deck of what games we're going to play. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like no. <laughs> like, just have a real human conversation. No, I, I would never let that person in my house. 
<laughs> and so like and there's just, there's just an icky I don't this is just me, okay? <laughs> this is me as a person. There's an icky feeling about about um somebody giving me a slide deck and then they're they're just pitching it to me. Like yeah. versus just having a real human conversation. Okay. You know, now I if I don't have to look at a slide deck, I now like you probably 10 times more. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, that helps a lot. <laughs> Got some well, uh, edits it, some it sounds like now. <laughs> it sounds like some things are resonating here, uh, making sense in your business. What I guess what direction we have maybe ten minutes left on the call. I want to make sure we cover what you wanted to cover today. So, you know, we've talked a lot about sales proposals. Um, what, where else should we be taking this conversation to make sure you get the most out of your coaching call today? Um, yeah, I think, uh, just maybe briefly, uh, if you guys have any thoughts on, on WASP, like website as a service, um, and then I'd love to, to touch on just, um, high quality leads as well. I think those are kind of the two main things. Um, but on the, the side of like a, a WASP or website as a service, cause I've, I've tried, like, I, I'm not an SEO expert. I've tried kind of reselling SEO. I've tried, um, you know, having a, a partner that I refer people to and get a referral fee for SEO. And I, I don't know if uh, maybe again, it comes down to the quality of my leads. But um, it seems like to me to get that recurring revenue, the, the holy grail there, um, that something like a website as a service might be a, a better option than that. So I just do you guys have any opinions on that or any thoughts on or if, uh, is that something yeah. you explored much the yeah, yeah. website as a service model? Great question. Yeah, so so just to clarify mm-hmm. for listeners, uh, website as a service would be basically you're you're charging like a monthly fee to maintain their website, to maybe optimize or back up their website, uh, maybe to to you know make sure it's secure. If it's built on like something like WordPress, you're updating WordPress and plugins and making sure that that it's not crashing. You're making sure that it's staying online when it should be online. Things like that, right? Is that is that kind of the idea you're 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 pitching or considering when you say a website as a service? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the the models I've seen are, are um, like straight up a, a multi site. Then you um, like kind of resell the the sub sites underneath that, and it's, oh, it's it, usually yeah. templated. Yeah, so it's just a couple clicks, and I mean it's it's kind of competing with Wix in some ways, but it has a lot of uh, extra perks and that sort of thing uh, compared to something like Wix or Squarespace. I um, see. So even even like uh, I've seen people do this through Flywheel or something, um, yeah. where they where they like. Put it all under one umbrella. Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. I don't know about the technical aspects of it, but I've been doing this for like seven years. Um, oh, wow. So yeah. my answer is yes, you should do it. I think every web designer should do it. Um, now I don't know the technical stuff. Basically, here's what I'll do. What I do, I everything everything's the same. Um, as far as like hosting and all that stuff, I just don't charge a upfront fee, a big okay. a big one time fee. I just I just charge monthly, any anywhere from two hundred fifty dollars a month to uh, to higher to over a thousand dollars a month, depending on the website. And Wait, for me, that's the way to do it. Anywhere from two fifty to a, to over a thousand dollars a month. Oh wow! For a website, yeah. Okay. And so. Yeah, like to, like a very very basic website. I minimum two hundred fifty bucks a month. Okay, uh, that's for me, and that's wow. all inclusive, right? That's like the hosting, the the all, all everything. Um, and 
And that's what I've been doing for seven years. I can tell you right now, if I don't sell another website client for the next five years, I would be okay. Honestly, yeah. I would. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's just the goal. because of what I built. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. So the short answer for me is yes, do it. Okay. Cool. Like it. You know that that might be um, part of the yeah, reason just... Clay sees that ninety percent close rate too. Instead of <laughs> instead of pitching a ten thousand dollar price tag, he's happy to take the ten thousand dollars over a year or two years. Uh, yeah. You know, on a, on a recurring basis because when we've talked about this on the show a lot because we value. Uh, that predictability of revenue. It allows you to hire more people. It allows you to build in more systems. It knows. It helps you to know what you can invest You know, next month and the month after and the month after to grow your business. And so, yes, you miss out on that early payday, but you build a more potentially more sustainable business over the long term. Yeah. And I, yeah. I've kind of done that. It's just not been quite on that level because I'll, like, I'll sell a website and take like 20% up front and do like 10% over... A uh, number of months, mm. and that's that's worked pretty good. It's made it a it's lot too more confusing. People. <laughs> yeah, it's I agree. Too confusing. It's harder to say the yes to that than to hey, how about two hundred and fifty bucks a month? I mean, that's such an easy yes. Mm-hmm. Such an easy yes. When every other web designer is coming to you and they're like, it'll be six grand, eight grand, ten grand, twelve, fifteen, and Clay comes to them and says it's going to be three hundred dollars a month. They're like, where yeah. do I sign? Easy sell, easy yeah. sell. So do you do you say two fifty a month for X number of months, or you just say two fifty a month? And because I'm just thinking, um, like, so I, I'll yeah. tell you how I set it up, and this is what I've refined over the last few years. This is the way I do it. Every single web designer um, tells me I'm crazy for doing this, but whatever, I'm <laughs> killing it. Um, so I don't care. Um, so I do. So it starts at two fifty, right? If they want a membership. Uh, platform or whatever shopping cart I add on to it but it starts at 250 um, and that's for 24 months and then after 24 months I bring it down to 75 bucks a month now here here's what the crazy where I get crazy from people is I don't require a long-term contract if people want to quit after three months they could or six months they could um, and mm. and the reason I don't do that is because I personally hate as a consumer, I hate paying somebody because I signed on a dotted line that I have to pay them for 12 months or two years. Um, and so what I decided to do instead is, hey, this is month to month. Again, this goes to friction, right? What are some things that prevents people from saying yes? One of those things is a long-term contract that says you got to pay me for two years. Now, so I decided to remove that from the equation, okay? And so that I did that. Now, what do you have to do to make sure people don't leave you. You got to provide really outstanding service. I mean, really outstanding service. Because you have no intention of, of providing bad service. So like, why not just get rid of the long-term contract and just provide really outstanding service? Now, providing outstanding service is a different definition to some people versus others. You got to go about, you got to do something a little bit unexpected that's different from this from this industry. So what I decided to do was again removing removing things from the equation that makes people leave different web companies. Um because one of the one of the biggest reasons that uh whenever I get a new client, one of the biggest reasons why they say they left their old web person is because they either do one of two things. They say, well, I need website updates even after my website launch 
but they charge 75 bucks an hour. And I have no idea how long that's going to take. Uh, that's the second, that's the first reason. The second reason is um, uh, they, they, uh, the, 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 ups- the updates take like three weeks, right? And yeah. they, like people don't want to wait that long. So what did I do? I got rid of both of those, those things. I said, well, guess what? As part of your $250 a month, uh, you get unlimited content updates. Keyword content updates, right? Mm-hmm. Not, not functional or design changes. Yeah. Um, and the second thing I got rid of was we guarantee that those content, content updates are going to be changed and updated within 24 business hours. And that's all inclusive of the 250. Now, this is where all these web designers say, I'm crazy. Yeah. Like, you're crazy. What if you get somebody that, that requests uh, 10 things a day? <clears throat> well, yes, that, that is a possibility. However, where you solve that is in the sales process, in the pre-qualification process. If you are asking the right questions on the front end, you are going to know whether that person is going to be a pain in the ass, high-maintenance client or not. And if you think that they are, you don't take them on as a client. Yeah. And so all of my clients are super low maintenance. I maybe do one update a month for each one of them. Nice. That's it. But they like the peace of mind that that if they do have an update, that they can do as many as they want and it gets done super quick. Yeah. So that's the yeah. way I do They're it. They're literally and, paying for that. And peace I don't of mind. do long. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I don't do the long-term contracts. And and the reason I do two years um is, is because after a couple of years, they I I pitch them and I say, hey. Uh, instead of going set down 75 bucks a month, why, why don't we do a redesign? Because you, you should get a redesign every two years. And that happens okay. like 90% of the time. Nice. And so it's very rare someone goes down to 75 bucks a month. Um, and then one little caveat to all of this, because a lot of people ask, well, what happens if you build the website and they leave you after three months? Uh, what happens to the website? Well, my little fine print, and I do disclaim this to clients on the front end, <clears throat> is that they, they don't ha- they don't, they're not financially obligated to pay me. However, the transfer of ownership on that design doesn't happen until the 24th payment. Oh, so, okay. So they don't have any So that way I can try to salvage it later, you know, to try to recoup my cost if, if they decide to leave. But let me just mm-hmm. tell you, my retention is 99.5%. Not bad. Mm-hmm. If you do things right, they will stick around. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Again, it's that, it's that it's idea of friction, right? Like leaving is harder than staying if you do your job well. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to go through a whole website design process again. Like websites are sticky. No. You know, like yeah. clients don't want to go through that process over yeah. and over again. It's just, it's a pain in the butt. And so... As long as you provide really good service after the site launches, you're gold. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> do some tweaks here. Yeah, <laughs> I can I tell you, you've got like, a lot you, going you, through your mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling Definitely. you, man, I've done that model and it works really well. Okay. <laughs> this has I'm been like a, a total masterclass on, um, on building a web design agency. Uh, particularly, yeah. you know, acquiring clients and, and keeping them long, long term. So 
I don't think you couldn't you couldn't buy a course. I think that was as good as the class that Clay just gave you on this whole thing. Um, <laughs> you want any Brady? Any you want to know what's f- like? <laughs> well, you you want to know what's funny though about this? I've I've done, you guys have been to WordCamp, right? Have you guys been to a WordCamp? Uh huh. Preston, have you been no, to WordCamp? Nope. No, I haven't. No. So WordCamp, if you guys aren't familiar, it, it, they happen all over the world. or all Yeah, I think it's all over the world. It, they're basically just conferences about WordPress. Okay. And so I have spoken, and some of them are big, and some of them are you know not so big, but I've, I've spoken at these WordCamps, and I have talked on this topic, and I got such pushback on it. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like... What are you like? All these people are struggling, and then I, and then they all told me I was crazy. But I'm like, this is what I did in such a short amount of time. Like, and you built a, you like, built a million dollar here, agency on the back of this, yeah. Like, there's the money doesn't yeah. lie. The data doesn't Within lie. Within three years, yeah, yeah, yeah. In three years, That's... I was I was I was a million dollars recurring revenue in three years. Like, it's yeah. Nuts. Awesome. Well, Brady, I think this has been, uh, you know, a good conversation. <clears throat> a good conversation. Is there anything maybe in the last two minutes here that we need to chat about before we wrap up our call? I know we could probably go on for hours and hours uh, chatting about your business, but <laughs> what uh, what is, can we add in the last? So I've been awesome. on a tangent. Yeah. Well, no, that, it's been great. I appreciate think. it, guys. Um, yeah, I guess maybe the the final thing would just kind of be um, high quality leads. Um, I, I know there's a billion different strategies mm-hmm. out there, and that is probably a, a you know, a million podcasts in and of itself, but um, just any yeah. just quick tips, suggestions for for kind of finding finding some people that are actually going to be uh, having the budget and and looking for for what I'm offering. Um, my short answer is marketing and branding. Straight up, okay. Um, <laughs> I we can do a whole episode on this, but I grew my agency quite a bit. From social media, uh, we I, I produced a ton of content on social media, and then I I put ads behind that um, to amplify it, and and that and, and it produced uh, quite a bit of branding, um, like a strong brand within my community, and so I, you know, I can spend more time on that, but like that's my short answer. Okay. Yeah, I Preston think my answer. I think my answer is. Um... There's there's like a there's like a critical tipping point in any agency's life cycle where you go you you start out maybe as a freelancer or as a, a brand new agency owner and you kind of take on anyone you can find anyone that comes your way and you're just happy to get the business and you're happy to put food on the table and you're happy that you know you're not uh, having to run back to yeah. your desk job or whatever but then there comes a moment where uh, where you start to realize, and it feels like Brady, you're in this moment where like not all clients are created equal. Not all clients are going to have the same budget. Not all clients are going to be as easy to work with. And so you have to get super, super clear with you and your team on the kinds of clients you will take on and and the kinds that you will just flat out say no, even if the money is great, right? And and if, if your business, and it sounds like it's sustainable enough at this point that you can do this, you can't do it too early on because you start saying no to too many things and soon you're not making any money, right? But every time you say yes to a client, it's an opportunity cost because every, every time you say yes to one client, you have to say no to another client because you only have so many resources, so many hours in the day. And so you and your team have to get super clear 
on what the perfect lead looks like. And then you identify, hopefully, a couple clients that match that criteria. And you say, how did we find them? How did we connect with them? And then you can start to amplify those simple methods. Like if you found them through a meetup, you go to more meetups. If you found them through an online ad, you you invest in more ads. Like it's pretty simple to just follow the trail of where yeah. where you have found the kinds of clients that you like to work with. And then you just start saying no to everything else so that when the perfect client does come along, you have the bandwidth to be able to do it. And and it can it can be hard at first because your revenues might actually dip as you start to say no to these other projects. But over time, you'll start to be able to build up those processes that will help you build in recurring revenue, that will help you close more sales. Like all of that is going to depend on finding that perfect match between you and your ideal client. Love it. That helps a well lot. Said. Okay, man. Well, it's been really fun chatting with you. If I could stop choking today, that would be ideal. But it's been really fun (laughs) chatting with you, Brady. Thanks so much for uh, for taking time to to call and chat with us today. Hopefully, it's been helpful. And uh, I know it's been fun for us, at least. Yeah, this is awesome. I've got... uh, I think this is just what I needed. Just some uh, some actionable stuff that I can take to the bank and and get to work on. So Good, man. Well, we'll we'll stay in touch and we look forward to hearing back from you. Yeah, go for it, Clay. Yeah, I, I just want to touch on this because I think it's just going to be important. Because Brady, you said you, th- there's going to be um, some a point where you kind of want to step away from the yeah. agency. Um, I just want to say this point. I, I think in order for you to do that, um, you're going to have to hire an employee who is like a W-2 on staff employee, like salaried. Yeah. That's heavily bonus. And you might even have to consider giving that person equity. Because essentially, if you're going to be stepping away, this person has to have just as much passion and skin in the game as you do. Yeah, motivation. And you're not going to get that out of a contractor. 100%. So anyways, I just want to make that point because you mentioned that at the beginning. That's good. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Cool. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks again. Freelance to Founder is produced by the team at Millo. Visit millo.co to level up your freelancing. And Dripify, visit getdripify.com to become a bad A in business. Freelance to Founder is also part of the Podglomerate. You can check out more amazing podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music for this show was produced by Joaquin Carud. You can catch past episodes at freelancetofounder.com or by searching Freelance to Founder in your favorite podcast player. While you're at it, we'd love an honest review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's all for now. Until next time. See ya.